Ken took the world by storm in the sort of mid seventies. He's he was gorgeous. He's still gorgeous, but we're all getting a little bit older now. So, sort of old gorgeous, Jackie. But but You're nice. You're as old as the man you feel, Carrie. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to be a hundred. So I'm not feeling Ken. But in the mid seventies, Ken was unstoppable. He was brilliant. He was with Southern Sons. He made himself a name as. An operator and a restaurateur of note. Anybody who has never eaten Ken Forrester's duck and cherry pie needs to put that on a bucket list. It's fantabulous. And then he took his little child bride, Teresa, off to, to Stellenbosch in 1993. They bought a farm that was called Scholtenhof in those days and turned it into Ken Forrester Winery. And that today is still Ken Forrester Winery. And he launched a whole foray into the world of Chenin Blanc, which we're going to speak to him about this evening. So it's almost 30 years old, uh, Ken Forrester Winery. How how well have they done? Fantastically well. Um, Dusty will probably be able to tell you that. If they were listed on the stock exchange, I'm sure we would all have made lots of money, but Ken will bring us up to date on that, I think, Jackie. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing from him. I think, do we call his Chenin Blanc easy drinking? No, not this one. This one has got its own heart and lungs. This one is boog. It's a very big shin and it's gorgeous. Kenneth, are you with me? I'm just listening. I'm not sure who you're talking about. (laughs) How are you, gorgeous man? (laughs) Thoroughly well, thoroughly well. Thank you. We were wondering if we dragged you out of the vineyards. Have you been harvesting? Yes, we've had the most fun this week. It's been FMC week all around us. I mean, this whole the kind of lockdown threw us off our pitch a little, just got us out of our rhythm of talking to the market and talking to people. So all of our plans are kind of what plans, you know, nature. (laughs) Nature has a great way of just reminding you you're merely human. I know. And no matter what plans you have aren't important. I saw a program on BBC Earth, I think, last Sunday. And it was about the fragility and the power of planet Earth. And I looked at it and I thought, any one of us mere mortals who thinks that we are even vaguely important on planet Earth must think again. One swipe of a whale's tail, one earthquake, one tsunami. Tickets. Ken, what is the harvest looking like? Carrie, every harvest, every harvest is like a first date. I've got to tell you, you're never quite sure what you're going to get. Mm. Every single harvest is, it's, it just, it bristles with excitement, with expectation. You've kind of done all you can. You've put all you can into it. You've, you've done all the clever things you've been taught or know how to do. Mm. You've taken all the notes from last year and the 20 years before, the 25 <laughs> years beforehand. And you've applied all of this stuff fastidiously. And nature kindly does whatever she wants to do. I mean, she's gorgeous. She really is. Well, Alec was just saying, Alec, ask Ken that question. If we'd invested, unlike Bitcoin, if we'd invested in Ken Forrester shares 30 years ago, how much money would we have made? Ken, tell Alec. Yeah, I think, Alex, it might have been worth the while. I'm not quite sure how to value the sweat equity that went into it. But but I, I could tell you that just in terms of a straight business, it does okay. It looks fine. Yeah, so the, the, those People who do the account stuff are all normally quite happy with it. But it's obviously you are a business uh, or, a, or an expert in wine who's gone into business. When these businessmen go into wine, they always complain that it's a bottomless pit. Why would that be? Man, it's just the most fun way to spend wine and complaining about to spend money 
on wine. And when you're complaining about how much money you're spending, it's a great way to brag. You know, I mean, that's a great way to brag. You just tell people how much cash you're blowing. (laughs) Well, talking about bragging, we've got we've got some bragging rights for FMC, which for those who don't know, is Forrester Minot Shannon. And Martin is another old boyfriend of mine. I love Martin. And you sort of teamed up with him. Oh, when I was still at Anglo-American Farms all those many, many moons ago, and you developed FMC, which is mm, arguably the best Shannon Blanc in the country. You sort of became Mr. Shannon Blanc King, didn't you, Ken? Carrie, you know, I looked at Shannon Blanc. We came down here. We looked at these vineyards. We looked at the property. We bought the property on a, on a kind of whim. Um, it was 1993, and the third force was running a mock in KZN. Most of our, our friends were leaving the country and going to New Zealand or Canada or England. Mm-hmm. And I, I decided we could just semigrate to the Cape and buy the biggest piece of property we couldn't afford. <laughs> it was going to be a great deal. <laughs> and you made the bank buy it, didn't you, from memory? Well, me and Ned Bank were very close <laughs> in those days. They were very good to me. <laughs> and have they been happy with the investment in Forrester's Ventures? Yeah, we've never hurt them. We've never done any damage. We've been solid customers and we paid fortunes in overdraft facilities. So I think they must be quite proud of us. And why Shannon, Ken? Ken, I tell you, simply, Carrie, it was here. It was well established. I'd been to France. I'd seen Shannon in the Loire Valley. Mm. And I couldn't believe it was a missing part of a puzzle that nobody had played with in South Africa. Mm. It's like everybody was playing with a 31-piece chessboard. That there was just one part, that the one piece that they weren't using. Why weren't they using Shannon? Exactly. The well, they were using Stian, weren't they? We thought we thought that Stian was something completely different. It was Shannon all along. You know, yeah, that was they figured that out already before then. In the kind of 50s, they worked that out. Mm. But still, if I think back. There was an Odo Libertas dry steer in 1990. <laughs> um, there wasn't a spear Shannon Blanc or a spear steer. I can't think of any dry Shannon in those days, in the 90s. I think Hilko Higovich at Borschendal. Hilko Higovich oh. at Borschendal did an experimental wood fermented Shannon, barrel fermented Shannon. Yes, maybe. And when I saw that, I thought, you Blitzen, that's my idea. How dare you do that? <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. It was well, a year ahead. Well, to say the mafia got took hold because Hilko's disappeared and Ken is still very much there. <laughs> <laughs> we started fermenting Shannon Blanc in French oak barrels. And I had colleagues and friends and neighbors coming around looking at this, thought, going, so that's really Shannon Blanc you got in the barrels. I'm going, yes. And they said, well, seeing as you're from Johannesburg, you did buy a return ticket, didn't you? Because this can't last. <laughs> yeah, stick to your duck and cherry pies, Ken Forrester. Yeah, I tell you what. So now we, we're celebrating, we're celebrating a, um, an anniversary of sorts of FMC. Tell us. Mm. Carrie, it's a shocking admission to make, but I can't believe that we have made FMC consistently now for 22 years, but that we just released our 20th vintage mm. this week. The 2019 is our 20th vintage. 2000 was our first vintage. Yeah. And 2000 was, was groundbreaking stuff for Shannon Blanc. Yeah. We launched that wine at the Cape Independent Winemakers Guild. Um, we, we kind of Martin was a member of the wine, Independent Winemakers Guild of the day. And we launched that wine and it sold 
much to our amazement and, and pleasure. <laughs> record prices. At a record price. The same price as the most expensive Chardonnay of the day. Yeah. And we were like, whoa, Shannon can, can earn as much as Chardonnay. Yeah. And then I said, well, if you got to, if you want to believe that, you have to be brave enough to take it to the market at that price and get the market to pay that price because an auction literally is one swallow doesn't make a shenan. Mm. You know, I mean, literally. <laughs> Pardon the pun. No one spit for that matter. <laughs> yeah. mm. And so we took it to the market and we launched it. And I remember Mike Fridgen was at that launch and he said, you're going to have a tough time getting people to pay that sort of money for white wine. I can't, I'm not sure how much luck you'll have with that, but good luck. Yeah. And we came to the market at about 160 rand a bottle for a bottle of I wine. I think it must have been wine. the most expensive white wine in the country at the time. No, I was carefully under... Uh, under uh, Anthony Hamilton chart. Russell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call it like it is. So long before, Ken, long before the Swartland Revolution and all the hipsters and the one I'm sitting looking at Justin across me in the studio here, he's one of those, I'm sure, who drinks all those Swartland wines. Justy, are you? My parents told me my taste buds haven't quite matured yet. I'm not, I'm not onto the wine yet, Carrie. Maybe in a few years, but um, strongly on the beers for now. Yeah, well, you see, you, Kenneth, were the king of Shannon long before the Swartland Revolution. Tell us a bit about that. You know, it was fun to look at Shannon and to take Shannon to a place where I felt it, it deserved to go. And I wasn't alone. There were many of us then who got on the bandwagon, who were pushing Shannon, driving Shannon. We started a little tasting group. The tasting group formalized itself to become the Shannon Blanc Association. I got out of the way for a while, let them other people kind of run it all and have some fun. And then I came back into the association about 10 years ago, mm. and we've done a lot of work in the association. And Shannon Blanc, here's, I mean, some quick numbers. Shannon Blanc has added to the industry just by virtue of the fact that we've doubled the price of Shannon Blanc grapes. Yeah. To, so the money going back to the ground-level producer, the guy who's producing the fruit, um, in the last 10 years – that we put an extra four hundred million into the market. Well, that's worth uh, celebrating, Alec. What have you got to say to that? Well, I think it's almost as good as Capitec. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you share the birthday with Capitec, Ken. So they also twenty yeah. years old this year. So congratulations, four hundred million. That's, that's, a, that's a what an innovation. It's a lot of money. So, Ken, Ken, quickly, what what are our listeners going to taste when they take that first glug of FMC? You know, Carrie, I keep on getting people sending me pictures of their FMC because they kept the special bottle. And I get pictures recently of their 2014 and their 2012 mm. and their 2015. We just launched the 2019. And when they taste the 2019, they go, that's slightly different to our 2014. Yes, sure. <laughs> it sure is. Um, I mean, it, Five it years just, younger. Yeah. It's fresh and it's tight and it's minerally. And it's got okay. fruit on it, but it's still held together with a line, a core of acidity running through it, bright acid running through the wine because it's built to last. We've just done a vertical tasting with Shannon Blanc. I presented four pairs, consecutive pairs, 2006, 2007, 2009, 2010, 2013, 14, 18, 19. And it was Quite amazing to taste. I think the wine of the day was the 2006. Really? Still drinking beautifully? Yeah. Still drinking magnificent. FMC is class in a glass. You Thanks are one that. of our favorite people. I'm going to see you next week.
and we're going to drink some FMC together. Am I going to get I'm a taste gonna, of the 2019? I'm going to show you all of those six vintage, all of those eight vintages with really? the 19 at the end of the lineup. Absolutely. I can't wait.